Now in year number six, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Everybody sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family. Cheers. everyone and welcome to episode 304 of a yank on the footy i'm craig bustles coming to you from rainy sandusky ohio and i'm glad you're checking out the episode this is my next episode in the 2024 previews for the afl fixture and i'm going to be joined in just a moment by jake bertone of saints tv as we preview his beloved saint kilda saints jake joined me last year i really really enjoyed our discussion i'm looking forward to another great one as well with him in just a few minutes now, folks, don't forget that if you're interested in getting a uh, shout out for your local footy club, please reach out to me. Send me a note uh, on my socials. You can find all of those over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll head over there, subscribe to the podcast, uh, get a uh, a link there to uh, you know get the uh, podcast sent to you when new episodes are available. Uh, I'm working on getting all 18 of them uh, recorded here. I think this is number seven, maybe number eight that I'm recording so far for this year. Um, you know, you can uh, leave a review for the podcast there if you enjoy it. If you want to help out the podcast, most assuredly, you can do that. I'm coming to Australia in July. And, uh, well, if you want to help out, you certainly can do that if you'd like to. Uh, you can click on that Buy Me a Coffee button, or you can click on my Redbubble store page as well and check out the merch that I have there. Somebody even told me not that long ago that I was the coolest bloke on the Internet, and there's a sticker to prove it. So, folks, today's club of the episode are the Buckin' Cavemen of the Omeo and District Football League, and this is in the Gippsland area. Now, according to AustralianFootball.com, football was being played in Buchan as far back as 1890, but it wasn't until after the First World War that they actually had a club that became a community representative like we see with most uh, local clubs. Now, on the 10th of February, the club is going to be uh, participating in the, the Canny Creek races, and they're looking for volunteers to help out with that, so you can check out their Facebook page to... Uh, to get involved with that if you'd like to do so. And it looks as though that the area has faced some serious flooding uh, back on Boxing Day. So they're trying to uh, work on cleaning up their efforts with that there. And they really shared some absolutely gorgeous scenery uh, photographs up on their Facebook page of the Buchan Caves Reserve. Um, last year, the club finished in fourth place on the ladder with a uh, record of six wins and nine losses. And this year, they opened up their 2024 fixture on the 13th of April against the Swan Reach Swans at the Buckin Reserve. And I want to wish the, wish the cavemen absolutely a fantastic nickname. I love that one. Uh, and I had to dig to find the nickname because it, you know, I couldn't tell what the logo was uh, as I was reading through their Facebook page there. But uh, I want to wish the cavemen the absolute best in 2024. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Jake Bertone from Saints TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for our Saints preview is one of the hosts of Saints TV. I'm thrilled to welcome back Jake to the podcast. Jake Bertone, how are you doing, sir? Thanks for getting up this morning. No, that's all right. Thanks for, thanks for getting me up. It's exciting. I'll, I'll get up at any time to talk footy with you, mate. So it's uh, it's good to be back. I think the last time I was on was 2020, 2021, maybe? Yeah, I think, I think it was did, a couple of years ago. Did we do? Did we not do? The well, did we do last, last year? year? I think we I did can't the preview last year. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, I I went through and I I did a little bit of editing on some things and you know I added a couple of new trivia questions if we have time to Ooh. get to those today about the okay. Saints. So we'll see how you do on those if we get time. So yep. If I remember correctly, you know you were you were cautiously optimistic last year that the club could possibly push their way into finals and uh, well you you got there mm. and and yeah. Now, this is my seventh or eighth preview, and several of the clubs that I've talked to are thinking the Saints aren't going to be there this year. So we're gonna, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. So, I'd, love so to we're gonna, hear, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I know. I bet. So we're going to get into why they're wrong mm. and why they're going to be back again this year. So um, do a quick recap in terms of, you know, 23. What mm. was, you know, what went well? what could have gone better and, and what prevented you from doing even better than you did do? Uh, what went well was um, we, I guess, discovered a few new faces that could really take charge of the football club. We, this time last year, we had a lot of injuries. We were missing Tim Membry, Jack Hayes, Max King, Jack Steele was still underdone and he was pretty much like that for the entirety of the year. Mm -hmm. Um 
We're, we've got a new coach coming in with a new coaching staff, a lot of questions, you know, whether the players can take in what Ross is there to deliver. Um, and we uncovered Mitch Owens, Nasai Wanganin Malira, uh, to a lesser extent, Marcus Winhager had a good year, Ronnie Burns, Mason Wood, players like this that were maybe not on everyone's radar as gun players, but right, right. just did the job every single week. Um, with Philippo playing every single game, um, Caminiti coming in and doing a job in the absence of some really senior boys. Um, and our captain was out of form for the whole year. So not everything went our way personnel-wise, but everyone bought into what Ross was delivering. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very specific game plan, which is the way Ross operates. We all know that. Um, and we ended up with the number one defense in the competition. And I think that was the biggest positive was we didn't leak goals. We were in almost every game. Right, I think right. our we only lost one game by over 29 points, and that was to Adelaide, I think, in round eight or nine. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that's not bad at all. We're usually due, you know, a couple of floggings here and there, and we didn't see that. We were in every game. And making finals was was a, a bonus for, for us. You know, we, we didn't really ex- – no one really expected that. Um, I was quietly optimistic that if everything went right, we could make finals and that was with a fully fit list, but that wasn't the case. But I think the start of the year that we had really allowed us to kind of attack the back end of the year because the middle part wasn't very good for us. Right. We dropped a few games. And, th- and if I'm not final. mistaken, that was the talk is, you know, you started out as well as you did starting out, mm. you know, five out of your first six, seven out of your first nine. Mm. And, and, and I remember discussing this on my podcast, you know, that, you know, looking at the injury list and realizing, look who's not back yet mm. and and th- this this could you know could lead to some really good things happening at the back end which you you ultimately you know you did play finals you mm. know you you uh you, know, you got you got beat by the giants who you know are oh, they very people, good some people would part you know argue that you know that i don't think anybody expected them to play finals other than themselves mm. um you know they i think they certainly punched above their weight last year if you will uh but you know, it's it's great to see you know the the churning of the of the ladder, and in, in many ways, it was expensive. A club that I support, who you know, kind of fell mm. off because you know their midfield just disappeared last year. It was you know everybody kept looking around for Joel Selwood to take you know the center bounce, and yeah. he, he didn't take he didn't get a single clearance all last year. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> but uh, that's nuts. Yeah, so. I guess I have to ask looking into this year and I just, yeah, I was on code sports uh, when I got home today, Mm. how big of an impact, you know, because you just had your club CEO step away from, you know, um, and I'm not sure. Is it Simon? Is it left lane? Is that Simon left lane? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he has left the club and and they were alluding to in this article that there may have been a bit of a clash between he and Ross Lyon. I mean, how big of an an impact does the, the departure of a CEO have on the club at this point in time when they're ramping up for the season or is it just like not that big of a deal i don't think it's as big of a deal like the news pump it up a bit more but he was there the day like they had a big open training session the day before and all the fans could come along Uh simon lethlean was upstairs there watching on looking fine so that if that to me is already a sign like 24 hours out from the news breaking he's there he's at the football club everything was in motion behind the scenes already there would have been many meetings, many chats to discuss the process moving forward. And we've already got someone in Carl Delina who who is acting CEO at the moment and could well okay. be the permanent one. And he's he was CEO of North Melbourne for seven years, uh, got them out of debt, redevelopment of Arden Street, really didn't get the on-field success that right, right. all that work warranted, but he put in a lot of work behind the scenes that got North Melbourne to a financially stable state that they're in right now. Okay. Um, and so he's a senior guy that can come right in and hopefully be a seamless transition. And we've seen that with every other line that um, I guess we've changed over in terms of like, you know, training, fitness people that have probably got the sack, to be honest. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot of people that have stuck around through the Ratten years. Um, and right now, I think Simon Lethlin was probably the last person to be around since Rats in terms mm-hmm. of coaching staff and off-field. Okay. Obviously, the president remains, but... I think um, Lethers has done some good things, but he's also done some pretty questionable things. And um, was, I don't think he was 
was he <laughs> ultimately respond? You know, because I remember I don't know if we yeah. talked about this when you know when Ratnett signed his contract and just a few months later he's gone. Was he the one that made the decision yeah. to let him go then? Oh, I think he was, was part of it. Obviously, Andrew Bassett yeah, okay. and the board would okay. be across that. It's not just a one-person thing. Okay. But Left Lane is the CEO. You know, that's as high as it gets. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and you look at our drafting and and um, what we've been paying our players and stuff like that. I think there's a few things there that could have been done better. And ultimately, Ross Lyons come in and he's he wants it from top to bottom to be his way and the way that's going to get us closest to a flag. And um, Lethard's has had his time. He's been around long enough. We are definitely a better club off field um, than when he first started. So there's been okay. a lot of progress. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's the right time. I think we're, we're really turning into a serious football club. And I think mm-hmm. maybe Lethard's was still a year or two behind that. Okay. Do you, and I, and, you know, here in, especially in like the NFL, and I don't know how closely you follow the NFL, but there are many coaches in the NFL that also act as kind of kind of the equivalent of the list manager as well. Bill mm. Belichick, um, you know, made all of the personnel decisions when he was in New England as well. Um, yeah. Now, while Ross Lyon may not be making those, he's going to have a significant amount of input. Do, is there concern that that he have too much too much input? That there need to be other folks making other decisions that that can take the you know, the blinders off a little bit and look, you know, and look maybe more at the big picture than than what he may be seeing. I, yeah, I've heard a few people have that that worry, but you just got to look at the way Ross even runs a training session. And I've seen many this year already. Mm-hmm. He's hardly involved. He leaves it to the line coaches. He leaves it to Robert Harvey, Lenny Hayes, Brendan okay. Goddard, Corey okay. Enright. These are, these are all Australian players, a lot of them. Right, right. Uh, premiership player in Corey Enright. They're guns. They know what they're doing. They've all done their coaching tutorials throughout the year he leaves it to them in the whole year last year anytime people talked about him running the show he always said the game plan i've let up i've left the game plan to the assistant coaches and then i'll come in and tweak it a little bit at the end but i'm really leaving it to them okay so i think on the outside looking in yes there might people might say ross did that ross did that ross did that but there's a lot more i think andrew bassett probably deserves a bit more credit than he gets i think he's really driving a lot of this Mm -hmm. Obviously, he created Seek. He created a massive multi-million dollar company. He knows how to run a business. St. Kilda is a football club, but off-field, you know, in terms of CEOs and hiring the right people, that is a business decision. Right, right. He's part of that. So well, I yeah, yeah, I don't I'm not too worried about that. In, in a way, it's 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 sometimes like, you know, that that you know, that's kind of like how and I'm not gonna delve into the specifics, but it's kind of like politics where you know the person that's in charge. You know, people think that, you know, that they're the one ultimately making the decisions, but there's so many different levels and so many different things. So, you know, that person is going to get the credit or the blame. Um, yeah, that's what a coach does. Behind, behind the scenes. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you've had some turnover, you know, Jack Billings is on his way to Melbourne. Uh, I did my Melbourne yep. preview last uh, last night. Uh, Jay Gresham's gone. Jack Vitell's mm-hmm. gone. Nicholas Caulfield's gone. Um who are you most excited about this year and who concerns you the most going into 2024? Um, oh, there's so many players that I'm excited about. Is this just in general or players that have come in from like trades or drafts? Well, I, I guess it could be in general, but you know, I, I, yeah. and then I guess maybe you could also then, you know, maybe toss in there. Who's the, the, the newest saint mm. that you're the most excited about as well. Yeah. So newest if, saints, I think is probably Darcy Wilson. Really, really cool. excited to see how he goes. He's he was our um, pick first pick at the yep. at the draft, pick eighteen. Yep, um, and I think he slipped. I think a lot of people thought he'd go a little bit higher than that. Um, so very excited, just based on what I've seen at training. How he's just the way he runs. He, his endurance is next level. It's it's Sam Walsh level, but okay. he's got he's got a level of acceleration that I haven't seen in a long distance runner for a long time. You know, Sam Walsh has got that endurance where he could run all day and at, at a certain pace. But Darcy Wilson does the 3K time trial and then the last 200 meters, he puts on the burners and sprints like it's a 100-meter sprint. Okay. I haven't seen a player do that before. But he's got the football skills. He's trained really well. And I think you saw what Ross did with Mateus Filippo last year, played every game, gave him every opportunity to get experience. I think Darcy Wilson might be that player this year where we see him play 20-odd games, okay. you know, barring any injury concerns, I think. 
he's one to to look out for. Um, oh, and and while while the league doesn't officially you know list weights anymore, Footy Wire does have him listed at seventy four kilograms. So there's, I think he's a bit he, bit heavier than that now. Okay, what, what he looks like, yeah, yeah, because I mean that was probably when you know the draft took place and you know, exactly. Yeah, so he's probably put on four or five. Who I knows? Mean, since then, yeah. yeah. So and I think that's just going to naturally happen as as a player gets older, gets stronger. They're gonna they're gonna fill out. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, who are you, who are you most concerned about? Who's who's the player that you're going? Okay, I hope they go well. Um, oh, this is an no. easy one, Max King. Okay, Max King. Yeah, He's at the end of the day when I see us winning a flag, when I see us winning a prelim, or just pushing very hard in finals. I can't see us doing that without Max King having a big year. And I'm talking seventy goals. I'm talking top three in the common. You know, mm-hmm. goal for goal with Charlie Kerno. We need Max King to be the linchpin of everything good that happens in a year. Every good season that a club has, Carlton, Mackay, Kerno, Geelong, mm-hmm. Hawkins, Cameron, mm-hmm. Collingwood. I mean, they've got a different spread, but they've, they've still got a lot of players that kick 30 to 40 goals. So Brisbane, Danaher, they've, how many goal kickers do Brisbane need, really? Cameron, um, Hipwood, yeah, though. yeah, you're exactly they're right. They're all 40 yeah. goals yeah. plus, yeah. you know. We need Max King. And not just Max King, Tim Membry to come in and kick 40 this year. We need Butler, Higgins, whoever might play forward, Owens, kick another 20 or 30. But really, King needs to be, you know, fully fit. And that's not his fault. He just needs to be fully fit, get a run at it, and our midfield need to be better at delivery. And, like, I'd be staggered if King doesn't win a Coleman in, in his career, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I, and I, yeah, I, I, just, I agree with you there. I think there's... I really think there's, he's capable. There's a lot of, you know... Yeah, my I I tipped last year, you know, Todd Marshall for the Coleman, but mm. you know he didn't, you know he and I because I went a little outside the box because a lot of other people, you know, nobody else yeah. selected him, yeah. of course, and he had some concussion issues, and and I thought, you know, Charlie Dixon was starting out the year a little dinged up, and you know there might mm. be some opportunities for him there, but uh, um, are you are you excited? You know, you, you brought in a young man who when you look at it on paper and in, in some of the instances that you've seen him play mm. just has a boatload of talent, but, you know, was locked behind a really, really solid midfield in Carlton and Patty Dow. I mean, it's, this is a kid who, who could, you know, you could really reap some benefits from because he's, he's got to, he's getting out from behind mm-hmm. some really talented midfielders where he's going to get the opportunity to, to maybe make a name for himself with a, maybe a little less pressure. Although he's coming yeah. into a club that played finals, he's you know he's still going to have to you know demonstrate he's going to earn a spot. But absolutely, you got to be pretty thrilled to bring somebody with that that caliber of, of skill set with in. Yeah, no, I'm very bullish about Paddy Dow. He's still very young. He's good size. He's got speed on the outside. He's aggressive. Mm-hmm. His ball use in training has been pretty good. You know, there have been times where and Carlton fans even flag that that yeah, he gets a lot of the ball. He's aggressive. He's exciting to watch. But mm-hmm. that finished product he just needs to get a little bit better at that and i think that'll come with time that's something that can be improved i've seen that with other players that we've got um so yeah i think it's 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 a great pickup it didn't cost us too much in the way of picks and everything and right right um i think he's the perfect demographic and the perfect player we need everyone knows our midfield's a bit one paced mm-hmm. and he's not one paced and you throw in liam henry you throw him darcy wilson and machito owens can go in there and he's been playing in there in training we're looking pretty good in the midfield. We've got a bit more of a, a spread now that we we didn't have twelve months ago, um, and he's he's a big part of that. You know, and you know he you know throughout his time at you know at Carlton, you know fourteen disposals a game and two and a half tackles a game. I mean that's that's not that's okay. a bad performance for somebody who is not you know the he's guy. not the first picked in the yeah, in the exactly. midfield exactly yeah. 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 And he did have some big games in the back end of this year when they gave him a chance in mm-hmm. there, like it was close to best on I think against us in round 20 or round 19 whenever it was mm-hmm. and he kicked a sealer at the end of the game and I was like all right <laughs> thank you Patty Dow for for dominating in the last quarter there but he did and, put it on it a few times when he got the confidence and and now you're okay with it cuz he's wearing the red and black so it's uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. right he's um he's one of us now and exactly exactly yeah he's yeah it's exciting so you know Henry, do you think Dow is going to make the 22 on a consistent basis in this year? Well, let's see. Uh, I guess that's the exciting thing is um, right now I couldn't tell you 100% yes. Okay. Yeah. But I oh, think he'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't, you know, a sub or 
on the bench mm-hmm. at the moment. But I think I think as a bench for now, rotating off the bench, I think that would be a good pick. Okay. So yeah. is there, you know, what about the, the youngsters? I think you mentioned uh, um, Wilson, you thought might be a 20-game player this year. Yeah, um, yeah. So what about any of the other picks you brought in? You know, Collard, Hasty. I, I did a little bit of reading on them. Sounds like they were having a pretty decent uh, yeah, they've been training good. season as well. Hasty, I I wouldn't have thought Hasty would debut anytime soon. I think he's still a bit raw in terms of just size. I think he needs to put on a little bit more. He's a bit bit of a light frame. Um, Collard could surprise because Dan Butler is touch and go for round one. Like yeah, he hasn't trained at ankle, all. So, ankle surgery. Yeah, yeah so yep. that could unlock a, a position there where Collard can really focus on that and go. That's my spot to lose now. Um, yeah, yeah, and every absolutely. session I've watched, he's. Going for a specky, he's done something very out of the box, a lot of X factor, very raw, but Charlie Cameron just, you know, very quick on his feet, lands like a cat when he flies for it. And then like there was a couple of, they did um match simulation yesterday and it was just a pack of players and then the ball flies out and it goes through the sticks. I'm like, how did anyone get a boot on that? And it was Collard twice, you know? Mm-hmm. So he just finds a way to kick goals, just natural forward. And we lose Gresh, you get Collard. You know, you, you kind of still keep that natural instinct around goal. You got um, you, you which, got younger, but you brought in you brought in some additional potential for yeah several years High down ceiling. the road. Then yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a uh, you know, and I I didn't pull it up here, but I I don't I don't think they were in you know you guys are towards the bottom end I think in terms of like the age profile of your we were I think year. I think we were the youngest team to make finals last year. Okay, yeah, so. And uh, um, which the is cat, pretty the good. Cats, the cats are the oldest team to not make finals. Uh, and and uh, only, I think only North played more games with their youngsters. We okay. played, you know, a combined heat, like hundred plus games worth of experience in, in players under the age of 20, Right, which right. is matching a team that finished last basically. Yeah. So, so and, and, and you, in many ways you had to do that, especially that first part to. of the season because you had mm. so many, you had so many players on the injury list. So yeah, but they lifted and, and yeah. won games. That you know? first, so. that first third of the season, if you will. Yeah. Is going to, is I think is going to pay off for the club going into, into the rest of last year, but then even into this year, because they, they, they got blooded, quickly mm. you know, they, and got, they got a taste of finals yeah. they played in front of seventy thousand at the g and to me if i was them you lose it and you go we can't not make that out of the mim as a minimum again you know right, that's right. the bar now we can't go back from this you know i can't see right. machita owens not wanting to desperately get back to that day again and, and make amends that's the exciting thing is they get a taste and sometimes you need that defeat you need to lose mm-hmm really build that hunger and then go again and um can't wait to see how they go yeah i i i as a cleveland browns fan i understand that whole needing to lose <laughs> thing because it's you know they've made the playoffs this year but they, they had so many injuries this year just unbelievable yeah so yeah. you know looking at your first five you know that the the schedule makers didn't do you a, they they sort of did you some favors based upon the way some of these clubs played last year you know, you, yeah. you start out, you know, you've got, you know, the Cats, the Magpies, the Bombers, the Tigers, and the Giants, the first five rounds. That's now, a good mix. Yeah, you've got, you know, a couple clubs that, you know, that played finals last year. Mm. Um, you know, the Cats did not. I, I'm not sure they're going to this year. Um, as much as it pains yeah. me to say that, and as much as I'm going to be investing in making a trip over to watch them, and I'm thinking, mm. well, what am I going to see when I'm there? Who am I going to see? You know, will they be shut, you know, by that time of the year, will they be shutting down, you know, all of the players mm. that I go, oh, I know exactly who that is. And I'm sitting going, who the hell is that guy? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think, I think the Tigers this year are a bottom four side. And I, yeah, and no, I know I that's going to, you know, I know Tigers fans are not going to want to hear that, but they're mm. going to have to rebound. Now, will they yeah. do that? And I think it all depends upon, you know, I, I'm Adam Muse, but I, I think that they're, mm. that's a club that I think that their list is going to look tremendously different next year from what it looks like this year. Yeah. Be a lot of players gone off that list that are that that we think of as you know three time premiership players that'll be gone mm-hmm. that aren't yeah. already gone. So what do what do you think you know and, and and I know we can't exactly project in terms of who's playing which rounds, but you know what what's a good start for the club this year in those first five? 
Uh, well, I, did, I posted a, a couple of weeks ago. I did the first four and I just want okay. to say this to predict, you know, what do they think? Not what's the ideal scenario because obviously mm-hmm. the ideal scenario is four and oh. But um, most people were very, very happy with three and one in the first four. And that was pinching one of Geelong Collingwood. Who, I don't care which one. And then winning the next couple, which were, who were they? It was Essendon. Essendon, and- Richmond, GWS. Yeah, so Essendon Richmond. Yeah, if we're serious about finals, uh, Essendon's a bit of a you know you don't know what Essendon's going to turn up, how good they're going to be mm-hmm. this year. They started well last year, but we we beat them. We also beat Richmond pretty comfortably later in the year, and we should do that again. And the Giants, we we beat them in in Sydney when we played them last year, and then we just lost in Melbourne. So right, that's right. a fifty fifty in my eyes. So, but going into the Giants game, I'd, I, I ideally I'd like to be three and one going into that Giants game. If we're two and two, so be it. But I don't want to be anything less than two and two out of the first four. Well, and what's interesting is that only one of those first five is at Marvel. Yeah, you've got, you know, you're yeah. playing. You've so got we, the we build up to that. Yeah, because, you know, as we talked off air before we, uh, before we, mm-hmm. you know, hit record here, you know, you've got nine of your last 11 games at Marvel, yeah. which, you know, you're, you're, and I know it's a smaller facility than than the MCG, but I I would, and I've not been to either one of them, but I would think with the roof closed that that even if you fill it, it's going to be pretty darn loud in there. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, our average attendance this year was probably twenty nine thousand, mm-hmm. thirty thousand, and that at times was rocking. The Geelong game in particular, around twenty three, got about thirty five thousand, and that was insane. Some of the loudest just the loudest atmosphere I've heard of the football in a long time. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a cauldron in there. We want to make it a little bit more of a fortress. We dropped a few games there, like against Melbourne, against Port, against Hawthorne, mm-hmm. just some get Brisbane. We lost four or five games there that we could have won this year. And I think we need to just similar to some of the good teams, Geelong and Geelong at times, Brisbane at the Gabba, Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. They're really a fortress. So yeah, we need yeah. to make sure that we win, well, you know, 75% of the games, 80% of the games there when we're there. Cause that, that, that's, that's enough to make finals alone. If we yeah. do that. Yeah. The cat, the cats are, the cats are, it's kind of like that in Geelong, unless it's Fremantle or GW, GWS. At yeah. Up. Yeah. They seemingly yeah, can't be much. Fremantle and GWS at home. I don't know why that is, but uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you, you've got, you've got three. I got to look here. Cause I'm, um, I need to go back and just look here to, I, I I'm, yeah, I, yeah, you've got four clubs, and again, we don't know what this year is going to look like. But you've got four clubs that you're doubling up against that did not play finals. Yeah. That's okay. So, and and two of them could play finals this year. You can make the arguments for Essendon. You can make the you know, mm. the Cats midfield figures out that that they're there on their own now. Mm. You know that that they, you know, they could possibly find their way back in one more time before they have to really start their rebuild. Um, so you've got some opportunities, you know, Richmond's going to, ha- I think have a down year. Mm-hmm. I know the Eagles are still, are still building. Yeah. So there, there's, there's some bankable games for the club, most certainly, 100%. but that, but just, you know, I, I truly think that the, 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 the league did you some great service by, your schedule at the end of the season and just the way mm. that they have that set up there, you know, because you go, you know, you're, you go to the GABA in round, you know, you're, you're home for the Suns in round 13, you go to the GABA in 14, you go to the Adelaide over for the Crows in round 18. But other than that, you're at Marvel the rest of the time, you know, mm. from basically, you know, round 13 through round 24. So you're going to, one, you're saving a lot of, you know, money on travel expenses. Yeah. Yeah. So, and two, they get to sleep in their own bed. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for the club. And uh, yeah. And hopefully by then we've, we've got a, that's when you want to be playing your best football in the lead up to the finals. So it's just about the first 10 to 11 games, what we can do if we can stay in the hunt, if we're in the top eight at the buy, that's awesome. And then we can, yeah, attack that back end. Of course, you know, deck. of course, you know, the first nine weeks you're playing in seven different facilities. So they're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're, that's, they're that's if, if, you, if you get through that, you're, you're, I think you're yeah. in great shape as far as getting, as getting settled in then. So, uh, yeah. you know, what is your, your bold prediction? What's the, you know, that 
what's the thing that you think is going to happen that some other folks might just take a step back and go, whoa, okay, that, that is a, that's a big call to make. Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, just a bold statement for everyone else is just me saying Saints will make finals again. That's bold enough, well, according yeah, to the rest of the competition. Yeah, based on, um, you know, because like I said, I, I, this is, I think, the eighth one that I've done, and I think I've had four or five of the people that I've spoken with that, that if, you know, the, which clubs are going to drop out of the eight, and the Saints were, were one. But they never have valid reasons. What are their reasons? Well, well what do they say? Oh, uh, just other clubs around them. I think they're just going to be a little bit better. I think that, I think it was that, a that was false a lot storm. Yeah. I think that it was, was a, a false storm. They had yeah. a good year. Yeah. It was just a, you know, Ross returning rebound. They can't sustain it. They don't have enough guns in the midfield. They don't have A graders. I could list them all uh-huh. like in my <laughs> sleep. And I've heard them. Yeah. Like I've agreed with them for the most part. But like to be quite frank, I think you couldn't find a, a better group of youngsters at any other club that are this established and capable of being gun footballers already. I think right. if you go if who wouldn't want Mitch Owens, Filippo, Nasai Wanganin, Malira, and Marcus Winhager and maybe Darcy Wilson throw him in there now as a yeah, top yeah. five under the age of 20. Right. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely. Has any Absolutely. club got a better group of youngsters? Yeah. Well and have, I, have they? That's a great point. The cats would kill for one of them. I think we would right now. <laughs> um, you know, there was a there's a line. Um, it's actually from a, an article from uh, Jay Clark on Code Sports that came out in early January. Yeah. Uh, and I and I don't follow soccer, so you may have to help me. I know he's an Australian coach. The the gentleman that coaches Tottenham. Yep. Ange Postecoglou. Okay. I'll, I'll yep. let you say that because I'm gonna I'll fall out of my chair if I try to say it. Where he said yeah something to the effect that you know that. Um, chemistry, commitment, and discipline count for more than big names on your team sheet. So it's it sounds it sounds rather Ted Lasso esque, if you will, in a it way. It does. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, I've I, I I agree with that, but I also don't agree that that one hundred percent applies to us because I think we do have some guns. Mm-hmm. I do think we have some guns that people don't call guns just yet, but in time they will. Um, but Ross has always been about the structure, the game plan. And that's why Ross is such a good coach is that he can take a player that's okay and make him play great for a season or two. And that's Mm -hmm. enough to pinch that flag. He almost did it for us. You know, he got the Robert Eddies, the Andrew McWalters, um, Clint Jones. He got these guys that probably would have failed at any other club and they wouldn't have played more than 10 games and been Mm -hmm. delisted. They were playing in grand finals on and multiple seasons and, and being an invaluable part of a team. Everyone's just got one role and they play it well. Mm-hmm. And that just turns the team into an even harder thing to beat. We were yeah. just hard to beat. Right. We're just a hard team to beat. And that that's the first step, isn't it? To be hard no, to I, beat. No, I agree. You know, and granted, and, you know, well, you know, well, the, the Ted Lasso show had the big yellow believe sign in it. Do you? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think somewhere at the at the headquarters that that Ross has put something up on the wall that basically said something to the effect, "Do your job." Along, yeah, yeah, along so it'd be something something along those lines. You know, um, even in the last couple of days that I've been at training, I posted something about how when Anthony Caminiti was running laps and he finished his laps and he was running for quite some time, he kind of just fell to his knees and was just absolutely exhausted and uh-huh. he was done but ross just didn't like that he was on his knees and he's just yeah. like stop being dramatic get up we don't do that here get up <laughs> and then he just walked off and hammer got up and walked into the change rooms and that was it and the similar thing happened yesterday when i was there but it wasn't ross saying it it was zach jones anthony caminiti's running laps looks a bit tired zach uh-huh. jones is jogging behind him and he goes keep going mate don't stop you know like but in a really really like serious tone like yeah come on mate like, keep going you know um so there's this real ruthlessness around the club at the moment that you know we haven't seen in probably 10 to 12 years and that's that no book- excuses is probably the number one thing that would be on the wall no excuses okay i like that better than that's that's even yeah. better than yeah that's uh injuries or not nah the players on the park you got to deliver my game plan or you're out and so far, so good. I like that. I like that. So, uh, at the at the end of the season, when, whenever the Saints play their final game of the year, whether that be in you know round twenty four, yep. you know uh, 
a final or two. What does the headline in the paper say about the Saints in 2024? <laughs> um, what would it say? I don't know. Saints are serious or something along those lines, you know, just we're a serious football club now, you know, people still make fun of us. We're a bit of a joke and this sort of thing, like even mocking the fact that we got rid of our CEO so close to the season. That's a sign of a serious team that wants to, to get the right people in to win a premiership. You know, we, okay. I know it's a, it's just to me, it's like, yeah, obviously every club is aiming to win a flag, but some are like obsessed. Like that's mm -hmm. all they think about. Every decision they make, every tra training session is that's what the goal is. And I haven't seen that from the club in a long time, but just the last 12 to 18 months, we've become a serious club. We have gotten rid of some footballers that I thought were going to be there forever picking up a paycheck just because we're a nice club and we just don't want to get rid of them and right, we're right. sentimental. We're not sentimental anymore. If you're not fitting the regime and you're not in it to win it, see you later. You're done. So whether it's a serious foot in terms of we've played a good season and we're serious about winning a flag or we're just serious about getting to that point, I don't know. But yeah, Saints are serious or something along those lines. Okay, would be, okay. Would be good. Now, yeah. We just we just got done talking about other folks who have discussed the in their mind the likelihood of your club dropping out of the eight. Now it's your turn. Which club that was in the eight last year do you see not being there this year? And who Sydney. You... Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Just because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, that was Adelaide's spot. They stuffed it. That's... Adelaide should have made it. I I don't disagree with you there. That's, that's and it's not just that, but I think yeah. they were, if Sydney were that good to make finals, they would have been in the eight all season, mm -hmm. just like three other clubs, right? Us, Melbourne and Collingwood. We were right. the only three clubs to be in the top eight for the entirety of the season. Do you, do you look at Sydney as having had a, a rather sure odd... down year? Well, they've got talent, right? But they, but the, the thing that they were also negotiating or navigating was, the Buddy Franklin farewell tour. And, you know, I don't buy into that. That doesn't distract every other player. That doesn't okay. cause them so, to lose games. No. Okay. So, so, no. and again, you know, I, cause I don't, you know, again, you, I don't know the game mm. well, you know, as well as Sydney are renowned for, for lifting for these moments, for, right, for right. not losing milestone games. We went over to Sydney, hadn't won there for 12 years or something, mm -hmm. and it was Buddy's 350th, and we won. And yeah. I thought, that's incredible. Like that takes balls for a team to go over there and beat Sydney on their home deck on a memorable night for one of their greatest players. Right. You know, because yeah, because um, I would have to go back and, and watch games again to see, you know, were there instances where they were trying to force getting the ball to buddy where maybe somebody else would have been a better option that might have, they might've had you know, better yeah, outcomes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, you'd have to do that, but I just think they've, you know, I'm sure they're going to be better, but I think, I think we'll be strong. I think, um, you know, Adelaide will be strong. Who knows about any other team, Essendon maybe, but I just see Sydney is kind of beating all the teams below them and still mm -hmm. not quite looking okay. to beat the teams above them. So do, do you think that Adelaide's going to be that club that was outside the eight that will be in there this sure. year? Okay. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Just because their home ground advantage, the, the way they played at Adelaide Oval this season was formidable. They don't lose many games at home. They mm -hmm. just need to get better at winning away from home. Simple as that. They win more games away. Don't even think about Adelaide Oval. When they're at Adelaide Oval, they're favorites in almost every game, apart yeah. from maybe Collingwood, Brisbane. But every mm -hmm. other game, they'd be favorites, rightly so. They've got a pretty de like decent team across the board. Their forward line's formidable. They kick right, a lot right. of goals. Yeah. Um, and they're coming off a very positive year and they'd be very angry. They didn't make finals right, last right. year. I would be too. I would be fuming that, if I was an Adelaide fan. And I, and I, I brought this up during, you know, an episode after that happened, you mm. know, there there's, could they not affix to the top of the goalposts, you know, like a, like a light that, that projected out a bright enough beam that you could that you could discern where the ball is if the ball cut through the beam you know yeah, went behind like it that shadow. sort of thing yeah. you know because you know the sticks i know the sticks are very tall 
But well, in cricket, don't they have the the technology? You can they've got the sound. Yeah. Why can't you put the, some microphone the, in there? And if it clips it, it'll <laughs> ding, and yeah. someone's tracking the audio. You can see the spike. Yes, it's yeah. in the post. Done. Yeah, exactly. Like, how hard is that? How hard is uh, that? Unless Dean Rampey claims the poll again. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. was it. Yeah. There's enough money in the <laughs> AFL. Like, fix it. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So, before you head over to Morabin, you ready for some trivia questions about the Saints before we get out of here? Yes, I'll do my best. Okay. I promise these are going to be the most difficult questions I ask you all day, but they'll also be the easiest <laughs> ones. Okay. So, which seven Saints averaged over 20 disposals per game in 2023? And they all played at least 21 games. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brad Crouch. Um, I think maybe even Rowan Marshall. Mm, yep. Um, that's two of them. That's two. Jack still had a down year, but he still averaged above 20. Yes, he did. Um, over 20. Uh, Ooh, it'd be maybe Nasai Wanganin Malira. Uh-huh. Now, which Jack were you mentioning? Because I just gave you one of the other answers. Uh, oh, I guess it's Steele <laughs> and Sinclair, both yep. of them. Yep. Uh, right. So what's that up to, five? Oh, uh, that's six? five. We've got two more. Uh, and one, one of these people you have mentioned today, one of them you have not. Nice uh, mm, Wood? That's one. That's the one you mentioned. Um, and who haven't I mentioned? I'm kind of thinking it's like a Cal Wilkie, but it's not Cal Wilkie. Um, Brad Hill? Yep. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah, he was actually, I haven't mentioned him, but I was very happy with Brad Hill this year. I thought he really lifted. And again, from training, he's looking, yeah, ready to have another big year. So. Credit to Brad because he good was a deal. bit hard done by in the first couple of years of his career at the club. Mm -hmm. So good to see him turn it around. All right. That so, wasn't bad. Yeah. So who were the two leading goal kickers for the club last year? Two leading goal kickers. That's interesting because we kind of had a bit of ins and outs. Like it's hard yeah. to predict. Yeah. Um, you, you, you'd think you'd want the answer to be Max King, but. Uh, it's he, he kicked 28 yeah. goals, 12. So I don't think that takes him to the top. Mm-mm. Both of them, um, the the number two had thirty three goals. The other one had thirty six. Yeah. So is Jack Higgins one? He had thirty six. So he was our top. Okay, mm -hmm. thirty three. I wonder if there were wasn't wasn't was it Dan Butler as well. Was yes, that it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yep. Because I was thinking our, our tools didn't really turn up. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, tools. exactly. Yeah. So who led the club with over eight one percenters per game last year? Geez, uh, first player that comes to mind is probably Rowan Marshall, but. Like... Nope. Eight one percenters. Wouldn't be Machito Owens. The defender. Oh, defender. Mm-hmm. Or Cal not Cal Wilkie. Not Cal Wilkie, huh? Eight one percenters, that's a lot. Josh Battle? Dougal Howard. Dougal Howard, bloody yep. hell. Yeah, yep. I mean, and he didn't play many games, so I kind of forgot about him. But <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, and I guess, I, you know what, I didn't even, uh, I, I should have told you how many games the player played into. That was not fair of me to, and I normally do that. that no, that's not, all right. That was not fair of me to do that. Uh, <laughs> well, he played in 18. Yeah, so he played yeah, a, that's a good right. chunk of the season, yeah. yeah. So, um, now this player who actually played in 18 games as well, had the lowest disposal efficiency with a, a 62.1%. Jade Gresham? No, he played more than 18 games. 18 games. 18 games. Midfielder? Uh, let me go back and look at my list here. Um, nope, forward. 
18 games forward. Caminiti? Jack Higgins. No. Jack Higgins. Jack Higgins. I mean, he's yep. a small forward. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So and this was an amazing this was an amazing number here. This 24-game player led the club with 99.38% time on ground. He never sat down. Well, that has to that has to be Cal Wilkie. It yeah. is Cal Wilkie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that is that's amazing. In full back, like yeah. playing on the big forwards, not getting a rest. That's unreal. Yeah. Yep. All right. So in the club's history, do they have a higher winning percentage at the Moorabbin Oval or at Docklands? Uh, Docklands? Yep. 55.8% yep. to 53.1%. Mm, that's close. Yep. yep. 100, 160 wins at Docklands, 134 at Moorabbin. Yep. Okay. Now, since the year 2000, who was the youngest player to debut for the Saints? He played seven seven years with the Saints and then went on to play six years with the Lions. Seven years with the Saints, six years with the Lions. Uh huh. Since the year two thousand. Yeah. So he played ninety nine total games with the Saints and then seventy one oh, games with oh, the Lions. You gave it away. You gave it away there. That's Matt McGuire. Oh, okay. Was he like the oh crap? He didn't get to game one hundred kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There I didn't realize go. he was the youngest. How young youngest. was he when he debuted? Do you know? Oh, I can give me half a second and I can find it. So I was like, here. even I thought maybe Filippo was close because he was the youngest player in that in the entire AFL when he debuted yeah, let's for us. See here, let me find St. Kilda all time player list. So he must have been 18 and something. Debut youngest. And we're looking for what name was I looking for again then? Crap. Uh, Matt, Matt McGuire. Matt McGuire. Where did he go here? Come on now. Let me, I'll just do it this way. I'll, I'll scroll through here really quickly. Of course, it's in the middle of the alphabet too. Um, M-C-G-U-I-R-E. Oh, come on now. Is it M-A-C? Yeah. Okay. Matt McGuire. I see, I should have had it written down. I normally write it down. Um, Oh. oh, he was 17, uh, 17 years and 338 see, days. See, you're finding it. Oh. I'm on the aftables.com site and it's just, and it's a little, I mean, it, it's a great site, but it, you know, trying to find that one particular thing at that moment. Yeah. So 17 years old. So, um, yeah. Wow. So much younger than, um, yeah. Philippo. Yep. All right. So this in round two, this player should play his 200th game for the Saints. This year, Round he should two. play game 200 this year. Um, for the Saints or in his career? Uh, for or the both. Saints. For the Saints. Right. I think in um, his career also, I believe. I think. So that means he played somewhere else if you have to look. Uh, let me check. I don't think that he did. I'm checking that right now. He's played his entire career with the Saints since 2012. Seb? Yep. Seb Ross, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, good on him. Okay, and the 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 last one, this is, this is a little bit of those downer questions along with the poor disposal efficiency. Who led the club yeah. and played 24 games with almost four and a half clangers per game? 24 games. Is that Gresh? That is not. Damn. Um, <laughs> Crouch? Yes, it is. Yep. Ah, Brad Crash. Yeah. So you did pretty well. You did pretty well. I mean, I I I gave away one question, which you probably would have gotten anyway, uh, had you thought about it a little bit longer. But since I gave you the ninety nine, mm. that you that you just kind of oh, oh yeah, when you one. said Bri yeah. and Brisbane as well, yeah, yeah. So I know you got a an appointment that you have to keep today. So before we go, where can people find Saints TV and? Uh, Tell us where we can give you a follow and uh, what have you got coming up here pretty soon? Are you, you back yep. up and running now? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at Saints TV Pod, uh, Facebook Saints TV, YouTube. We're very close to 10,000 subscribers. So wow. if any are listening, head on over wow. to that. That's at Saints TV Pod as well. Um, and then obviously our podcast is Saints TV Podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. We're kicking that off on February 26th. So 
just under a month now okay. uh, with some hopefully some big name guests and I'll be doing some leading like big sort of videos in the lead up to the season with a few ex-sainers and hopefully get Lee Montagna on um, and have a chat with him as well one-on-one and yeah That'd a few other awesome. things in the works um, that'd be absolutely that awesome be uh, revealed shortly fantastic fantastic yeah. so um you're you're cautiously optimistic this year bottom line right I, I I was cautiously optimistic last year. I'm optimistic this year. Okay. So the okay. Caution, okay. The caution's gone. I'm I'm pretty Three. because you don't know what you're going to get in the first year with a new coach. You don't know. True. Until you know. And true. I've seen enough. I've seen a good sample size to really trust the system and trust. Okay. All the players are bought in. The coaches are in. We've got mm-hmm. the structure, the hunger, and I think we've got the talent. And so that's all the elements that you need to give yourself the best the best possible shot. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you so go. I'm, I'm very excited. Outstanding. Well, Jake, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, sir. Um, I hope you have a a, a fantastic uh, weekend. I wish the Saints all the best, except of course twice this year, um, <laughs> especially you know round one. You know that, that they need to That's get off age. to a good start. You know, and uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe it. I hope it's a fortress because it's taken them so darn long to put all those new seats in there, and hopefully one of them is going to be <laughs> mine at least a couple of times this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my guest has been Jake Pertone from uh, Saints TV. And, uh, sir, I cannot thank you enough for, you know, taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. No problem at all. I'll do it anytime. It's always good fun. Appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for having that, me. You bet, man. That This has been a lot of fun. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Hey, Jake. Thanks for taking time out of your, your busy Saturday morning to sit down and chat with me. That was absolutely awesome, sir. I truly, truly appreciate it. I, Glad you were able to fit me in in your schedule there. Uh, ladies and gents, uh, check out Saints TV, especially if you're a Saints supporter. And if you're not, you want to check out uh, what the Saints are saying about uh, themselves, by all means, I would highly recommend doing that. Remember, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can find my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, my YouTube channel page as well. I'm putting uh, the uh, podcast episodes up on YouTube as well so you can see this beautiful face. Yeah, well what i got to work with sorry about that um if you again you want to help out the podcast you can click on that buy me a coffee button and would greatly be appreciated you can leave a message there if you like the podcast i hope you leave a review and if nothing else i do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family send a link to the website tell your friends hey there's this crazy american who loves your game and pays more attention to it than any sport going on in the united states uh And uh, that would greatly, greatly be appreciated. And if you've got a great story, I would love to talk to you as well. So reach out, send me a message there. Love to get you on the podcast. I've got over 350 episodes and well over 150 great interviews, or at least I think are great interviews uh, that you could check out. So folks, look out for one another, check up on your friends, make sure they're okay. If you need to talk to somebody, do not hesitate to do that. I always have those numbers both in the U.S. and in Australia, in my show notes, in every single episode. So if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out and let them know that you need to talk. Okay, folks, look out for one another. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 304 of A Yank on the Footy. And you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter, ayankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I do hope you'll head over there and youtube and look for craig wessels and subscribe to a yank on the footy over there as well cheers everybody until next time